0: Welcome to Bikini Diaries. I'm Naima Thompson, businesswoman and IFBB bikini professional. Here, you will get the inside scoop from many bikini professionals and myself as we dive deep into the inner core of our triumphs, hardships, and evolution. This podcast was made to inspire, resonate, and enlighten others with all talks bikini in hopes that you never give up on your dreams thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's talk bikini. Dear Diary. This episode is brought to you guys by Team Boss Bodies. Have you ever ever wanted to prep for a show but have nowhere to start? Are you that person who has no interest in prepping for a show at all, but you just want to get that really nice bikini bod? Or have you already accomplished your bikini bod and you've already been on stage, but you just want something a little bit more in your prep? You're just really ready to take it to the next level. Are you someone who wants to try a healthy approach to this dieting game? You want individualized attention and someone to be your guide telling you exactly what to do and when to do it and to also be your number one supporter. If you want to feel a part of a community where all of your goals really matter and you're achieving results and the results are actually maintainable, then I am so excited to invite you into the club. Team Boss Bodies is exactly for you. We specialize in women's health We help women to reach their health and fitness goals. We believe in keeping food as high as possible and cardio as low as possible. We customize your meal plans to your likes and your dislikes. And we also create a plan that is sustainable for your life for the long haul. You also have the option of choosing a more flexible plan if you want to count macros. Each plan includes your training, nutrition, cardio, and supplementation. Plans are adjusted weekly to a bi-weekly basis, and you are checking in twice a week. There is ongoing assessment to target your strengths and your weaknesses, weekly consultations, and ongoing guidance. You get 24-7 access to your coaches through text and email. And let's not forget our perks. We have a Facebook group that's going to help keep you accountable and invite you into a community that loves you and that is on the same journey as you. And team shows to get all of our girls involved. So if this is for you and you're ready to give it a try, you can go to teambossbodies.com slash apply and use the code Bikini Diaries for 15% off your packages. Now let's get into the episode. Today we have a special guest who is very dear to my heart because she was someone I looked up to right when I started competing. She's always been a wonderful role model, and I cannot wait to introduce you guys to her. She's not only made it to the Olympia stage, but she was also published in Oxygen magazine. She works for big brands like Celsius and Dymatize. In this episode, she gives us ladies insider tips on exactly how to get sponsorships. She also talks about how her modesty is her best policy while representing the fitness brand, and values that she aligns with. Ladies, every single minute of this podcast is valuable, so this is the episode you won't want to miss. We dive deep to discuss her decision to leave the stage and the process she worked through to ditch her scale. She is a true wonder woman, and I am so excited and delighted to introduce to you all IFBB, bikini professional, Angelus Burke. Hello, how are you? I'm so excited to have you on today. Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really
1: excited to be a part of this and kind of see where this goes with us and where the whole podcast
0: goes for you too. Perfect. So to begin the um, Bikini Diaries, I'd love to start with the bikini hack so we can all get to know you a little bit better. We want to all know who Angelus Burke is. So let's begin with Angelus, where are you from? I am, I guess you could say that I'm from South Florida.
1: I've lived here since I was about seven years old. Um, I was originally born in New York, lived in Maryland for a little bit, and then I've been here since I was seven. I did go to school for four years at the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. Um, so I do have a little bit of that like Southern you know, flair about me, even though it was only four years, I do love the people. Um, And then right now I'm currently living in Pompano Beach, Florida, so I'm on the East Coast.
0: Perfect. So if we go to Pompano Beach, we can just hit you up and hang out with you all day long. (laughs) Yes, and then we can do a beach workout, have a blast, it'd be great. (laughs) Sounds wonderful. How many years have you been competing? I started competing in 2011.
1: Um, And then my last show was in 2016. So I had about a a four or five year run and it was a very intense five years.
0: (laughs) Wow. 2011. So um, correct me if I'm wrong. Bikini originated in 2008, 2009, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So you were like one of the first IFBB bikini pros, like very, very like old school, like way back in the day. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah, if you, you know, I so I started competing um, based off of a picture I saw from the 2010 Bikini Olympia. And so wow. that December I was like, I want to, I want to compete. So yeah, I kind of hit the ground running in, in 2011, um, it took me about two years. But yeah, now because we're in 2018, it's like now I'm considered, I guess, one of the older ones
0: <laughs> if you look back into it. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. That just means we have so much to learn from you. Um, You know, a lot of the girls that started, you know, back in the day are not competing anymore, or they aren't even doing fitness anymore. And something that's extremely special about you is that even though you kind of put a pause on your um, on your competing days, um, you're still into fitness, and that's just like so amazing. Because if I could look you up right now, I still see that you're extremely passionate about what you're doing, and that just sends a clear message to everyone that you know your passion can c- continue and it can evolve in so many different things. And I'm so excited to talk about that. Um, but before we get started in talking about that, I'm curious, what would you prefer, donuts or ice cream? Ice cream. <gasps> Me too. Pizza yes. or burgers? <sighs> oh.
1: Right now, at this point, I pizza. Really? <laughs> I used to be a burger girl, especially in prep. I'm like, burgers, fries. Like, now I'm like, pizza,
0: like, buffalo chicken pizza all day. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing right now. I haven't even eaten yet, and I'm, like, dying. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I got to go get some pizza later. <laughs> Okay, so favorite muscle group to work out and why?
1: I love training shoulders. And I think the reason that I love it is one, because... And I'm, I'm weird about this. Like, if I'm going to be doing it, I want to be wearing a tank top or something where I can actually see my arms. It could be arm day. And if I have, like, a sweater or a long sleeve shirt, it's like, no, we're doing legs. I'm just not going to do it. Like, I want to see the muscle. I want to see the pump. There's, like, something so, like, gratifying about that. Um, but back in my uh, actual competition days, it was very different. I loved training glutes. Loved, loved, oh, loved wow. So
0: okay. So, so from... From glutes to shoulders. Very interesting. Yeah. And where is the coolest gym you have ever been to? Hmm. The coolest one.
1: I would have to say Doherty's gym in Australia has to be my favorite one I've ever been to. And the reason is, is it's underneath an actual like train track. So you hear the train And it's almost in a tunnel. Imagine that there's a a tunnel and there's exercise equipment on both sides and on the walls, there's writing from all of these just inspirational bodybuilders and pros and it's yeah, like just handwritten notes and it's amazing, amazing. And the environment is out of control. I had the opportunity to go down there, um, for the Arnold Australia and work with my sponsor with Dymatize. And so it was an even just better time to be there because there were so many other athletes from Australia and from around the world. And because that's kind of like a little hot spot there and it's so close to where the convention is, you are also surrounded by a lot of just influential people within the industry. So that has got to be one of my favorite gyms that i've ever been to because of the atmosphere it's just bodybuilding it's grungy and because of the history and what's associated with
0: it wow that's amazing like i would love to go to australia and if that ever happens i'm definitely going to have to go there again we're going to put that in the show notes that so everyone knows exactly what um gym you um recommended yes for sure Okay. This is kind of a loaded question. Um, and just, and I'm sure you get this all the time, but what keeps you motivated? Okay.
1: Honestly, it's a lot of different things. Um, I'm currently still working in the industry, so that helps to keep me motivated because I want to lead by example. But at the same time, I always think, you know, what if I were to completely be removed from the industry and have just more of a desk job and have nothing to do with it? And I would still see myself meal prepping. I would still see myself working out on a regular basis. Um, So I think it also has a lot to do with the way that I feel when I am taking care of my body, because when I don't, when I don't eat healthy, when I don't move my body and exercise it. I don't just feel as good. I don't have as much energy. So I think that is a huge motivation for me. And one of the final things that's a motivating factor, um, my friends, my family, and some of the support that I get on social media, I never know, none of us ever know the impact that we're having on people. And it's not like I've got, you know, millions of followers or anything, But I do have people that have been very supportive and very loyal and they watch my every move and it could be just something that I shared or something that I said, something that I posted and they're like, wow, I really needed that today. Thank you. And you just never know. Sometimes I don't even personally know these people. So knowing that is also very, very um, motivating to kind of keep me in check, keep me focused, um, especially when it gets a little bit tough.
0: I absolutely thank you so much for mentioning that. Um, I, the fact that, you know, you said I don't have millions of followers, but the people that I do affect really matter to me is so important. I feel like a lot of us get caught up in, um, you know, how many followers we have, how many likes we have, and that's really just not um, important. It's actually very irrelevant. Um, what you're doing right now and how you're affecting these people and they're actually able to reach out to you and be like, Hey, you help me just helping one person, two people actually affecting people in a real, in their real life and creating value. Like the way that you do is just wonderful. Like you do that for me all the time. I know that if I go to your website, I know that like I, there's going to be something valuable there, something that's going to get me motivated and keep me going. And I think that is just so important for all of us to know. So, thank you for sharing what motivates you. Of and cool. I would love to know what is your greatest bikini moment? I'm curious about that because you've been on so many different stages. So, what is your yeah. greatest bikini moment? Take us back to that time.
1: Oh, my goodness. My, I, I have two. I have two. We're going to share both of them. Okay. Lovely. So, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, My, my first, the two of them come to mind, but the first one that I'm going to go, cause it kind of led me to the second one was okay. So 2015, I was just rocking and rolling. I'm like, I want to go to the Olympia so bad. And I was just doing as many shows as I could to try to qualify, um, via points, via the point system. So I was a lunatic and I decided with one of my girlfriends, fellow IFBB bikini pro, Bianca Berry, what's up girl, if you listen, um, we went to Georgia, I believe is where we competed, and then that was on a Saturday night, it was a Saturday show, and that year they held the New York Pro on Sunday, so we reached out to Steve Weinberger he was the promoter of the New York pro and let him know, Hey, we want to do your show, but we also want to do this other show the day before. He said, all right, girls like come in. That's fine. You can, you know, skip the athlete meeting. We'll get you your numbers, whatever. So we did the one show Saturday night, Sunday morning. We hopped on a plane to New York from Atlanta and we went and did the New York pro that day. And it was crazy. Everyone thought that we were lunatics. They're like, wait, weren't you just posting that you were at this other show?
0: Wow. <laughs> and
1: both of us ended up placing top five. <gasps> it was unreal, like so unreal. And I was so excited because for me and for, I mean, most women competing at the New York Pro, it's, it's one of the more prestigious stages, you know. Definitely. So, you
0: know,
1: you've got like Pittsburgh and New York really are kind of up there, um, besides like Arnold and Olympia, it's just a a good place where there's a lot of like breakout competitors. You know, they come out and they can kind of really make a name for themselves and set themselves up for that the next couple of years. So that was like, I'm talking about it. We got like goosebumps. I'm like, ah, so it was a really nice moment to, for, you know, myself and for my own, uh, competitive career, but it was a really, really fun experience with uh Bianca we did so many shows together during that um that year and traveling and rooming together and for us to be successful during that was just great so I'll never forget that and then um the second one is going to be when after that year at the end of 2015 um so I was at work, and I got a call from Robin Chang, the promoter of the Olympia, and he let me know that I qualified by the point system. Oh my god! So I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like freaking out. And I was working at—I was working for Celsius, and I um, was part of their marketing team. So you know, like cubicle life. Even though it's a, a fitness and supplement company, I was you know at my desk writing on my computer. Get a random call from a number, pick it up. Thank goodness, and so i get that and then next thing i knew that september i was on stage in vegas and this is like the second moment for me was you know my family was there they flew out and it was awesome but i'm on stage and at night the night show there's these huge monitors and projectors and i went and did my you know turn from the front to go do my back pose And as I'm doing my back pose, I see myself on stage, like on this huge projectors, like it literally was like, took my breath away. And I like, when I look back on the pictures, I've just got just like, like just the cheesiest grin. I was happy to be there. And that's all like, I, I had no expectations really wasn't like, Oh, I want a place or this. I was like, I, my end goal was, I just wanted to get there and have a blast. And I did. And it was just so amazing and just so much fun. So those are the two like awesome stage moments for me.
0: Wow. I can't even imagine like being on that stage and like making a turn and seeing your, your entire self. Like that is yeah. just so cool. Yeah. Yay. Oh. <laughs> well, you definitely did it girl. And we are just so proud of you and love you so much. Um, Last question for the bikini hack, because I love getting to know you, but I'm very curious about this. If you yes. could pick one, what would be your favorite part of it all? Prepping, stage day, or post-show treats? Stage day. Favorite. I
1: am, I'm a, like a girly girl, but I'm also, you know, I'll be gross and disgusting and not wash my hair for days and grind it out in the gym and you know, just touching gross dumbbells and what, but at the same time, when it comes to show day and putting the tan on and doing my hair and my makeup and just looking gorgeous and practicing my posing and all this, that is my favorite. I live for that. And honestly, when I think about getting back on stage, sometimes it's just like, I think about that and how much fun that, you know, 48 hours before the show is. Um, but yeah, I would say that definitely has to be it.
0: That's wonderful. And (laughs) Angelus, can you bring us back to like exactly why you started to be keen or why you started um, to compete and like how you started your fitness journey? Yes. So
1: I grew up horseback riding. I started riding when I was five years old and that was really the only, you know, sport. So to say that I played, I was in high school my freshman year and I I wanted to get into sports. But I, like I said, I never played basketball never played soccer, like as a a kid in, in school. But I said, I want to try running. So I tried out for the track team and Naima, I was horrible. I mean, horrible there. I was over, like I'd overheat. I didn't know how to (laughs) warm up. I was going to school in Florida. Like, so I would literally almost like make myself just sick because I was, Like not sweating. I was going like max exertion with no running background. So they said, you know, maybe you should try like something like theater or, you know, and I was like, (laughs) okay. So I tried theater and honestly, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because that led me into public speaking, which led me into competing competitively in public speaking and things like that. So that was good. But as I got older, then I wanted to get in shape because when I was in college, I actually kind of put on the freshman 15 and I remember, you know, I I say the story now and nothing against my mom. She knows that I love her so much, but she had mentioned something to me. It was like about like my stomach or I'd put on a little bit of weight, but she didn't mean it at all, like in a bad way. But I personally took it in a bad way. I had a little bit of like body dysmorphia, body image issues um, and So I was like, well, I'm going to, I need to do something about it, but I didn't know how to weight train. I didn't know anything. So I started doing cardio Mm. and I became a cardio bunny. Uh, It was like a little actually too much. It was more on the unhealthy side of anything. And um, because I was at that point in time, then in Alabama, which is such an amazing um, school for football. We had a bunch of football players in the gym. So I was afraid to weight train because I was embarrassed. A lot of people, I'm sure, you know, as you're listening, you were like, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't know how to lift a dumbbell. Like if you go back to before you knew how to weight train for a lot of people, it can be very intimidating. So I um, started taking group fitness classes and learned from there. And then I just started to love training and I got my group fitness certification and I started just teaching in classes when I was at Alabama. And then it was in 2011, like I said, or 2010, it was the December issue of Oxygen Magazine. I saw this two-page spread of the winners, the top five girls from the Bikini Olympia. And I was like, Oh my goodness. They're so beautiful. Like all the suits with the stones and their hair. And I was just like, wow, I'd never seen anything like that because before it was just figure. And that was like the, you know, least muscular of the categories, but still it was a little bit too muscular for my ideal and body type that I was looking for, for fitness. So I remember I told my mom, I said, mom, Dad, I wanna I wanna do bikini competitions. I wanna be a bodybuilder. And they were like, oh my gosh, no, don't do steroids. And I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I showed them the picture and they were like, oh, okay. So from there, I um went back to school. I made calls, it was like the next morning, and I, I called a local CrossFit gym in Alabama. I was at home for Christmas with my parents in South Florida. So I I called some places in Tuscaloosa and this woman said you know I've competed in figure before I haven't done bikini but I I could prep you sure so I started training at a, a CrossFit and MMA facility and um, they helped lead me to my first show and I was from there it was literally just like a, I want to get on stage and kind of prove myself and I wanted the challenge um, to. I'm hooked and like, let's do this. And I want to be a pro one day. Like it was, I, I fell in love with it right away.
0: Wow. And how long did it take you to turn pro?
1: It took me a little over two years.
0: Okay. I know things Um, were a lot different back then. Like I, wow, everything is so like changed so much, but if you could bring us back to, um, when you turned pro and where you turned pro.
1: Yeah. Um, well it, it took, a lot because my first, so the first show that I did, um, there were a bunch of local Alabama shows and I tell people all the time, like I, in Alabama, I was the bomb. I was like, I am the best. I'm winning everything because there was like no one in my class. <laughs> there was like, you know, like five girls. So I would win that, you know, and then it's like, oh, you're nationally qualified in this and that. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to nationals. So I went to junior nationals for my first national show and literally got there and it was one of those learning moments in life where it was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to win today. (laughs) Like I knew I saw these girls and it was just everything. Like it just, it didn't compare. I don't know if you've ever been in the situation, but it was just like, I knew, you know, like I said, it was my first national show. I had only done local competitions. Um, I hadn't done any big, um, bigger regional shows, uh, like that. Mm-hmm. So to go and get like on stage next to girls who were just national level may have been in nationals many times before my body didn't compare. I didn't even have a tan. My first competition.
0: Um, oh my God. No my tan.
1: Clothing, yeah. My, so things my clothing, really can't be that bad. <laughs> it was like, yeah, no. Um, hair, makeup, everything was just completely off. But that was another moment where I was like, okay, well, if I really want to do this, I need to get with a team that is going to help me to be ready for this. Like a team that specializes in bikini coaching. Yes. Um, so I took about a year and a half of a, a year off from competing. And then what I started doing was doing a lot of the NPC shows that were more regional shows mm-hmm. that were bigger shows and in front of judges, this like the same judges. So they would remember me, they could critique me and give me honest critiques because they were getting used to seeing my body and how it was changing. And then, you know, then I, once I was winning everything there where we're like talking, you know, your class is 20, 30 girls deep, as opposed to five girls deep. When I was starting to win those and win overalls, that's when I was like confident to at least try to go back on the national stage and see, you know, okay, now where do I hang? Um, that I've had a lot of more finessing and time and time to actually put on muscle. I hadn't been even strength training for a long time. Um, and so then I did that and, uh, went to, oh, I forget which one it is. The, I believe it was the Chicago show and placed top five. And then I went to team U which is now called universe up in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting my pro card, um, in 2013, right? Is that what
0: it was? Yeah. 2013. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Cause you started around, uh, 2011 so 2013 yep. miss IBB yep. bikini professional oh my god the honorees are now available <laughs> I am stoked. These tees were designed by me, and they represent everything this podcast is about. Strength, overcoming struggles, making the impossible possible, having a voice in the sport, and of course, never giving up on your dreams. If you want to be a supporter of this movement, then head over to naimafit.com shop to grab yours today. I will be ever so grateful. So after that happened, um, what what happened? Like, what, like, did you, did sponsors come? I know you work for a lot of amazing companies now, but how is that whole process for you?
1: So honestly, I was working with a sponsor before I even um, became pro and I want all the girls who are going to be listening to know that just because you turn pro doesn't mean that you're going to get a sponsor. And just because, um, you're not pro doesn't mean that you can't get a sponsor. So sometimes it is knowing the right people, making sure that you keep your image up to date and fresh and, um, just going after what it is that you want. Um, I personally wanted to compete in all these shows and it's expensive to compete. So I, I, what I did is I found a company that I liked and a company that their brand kind of fit what my brand is. And for those of you who follow me or maybe end up looking at some of my socials, um, in the future after listening to this, like I've always been more on the wholesome type of side of the industry my family is very supportive of me and I would never want to do anything that would make them feel, you know, uncomfortable. It's already, I guess you could say bad enough. I'm basically in like almost a thong bikini on stage, (laughs) but other than that, you know, it's like I've really tried to play into that because I also want to attract a certain type of follower and following. Um, and so from that, I, I put in a proposal um, to this company and they said, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll help you. And, um, I kept in touch with them and then it, it turned into just like a long-term reoccurring sponsorship and that whichever shows that I was doing, it was, you know, they would cover whatever it was that I was, you know, asking for, for them. So I got very, very lucky. Um, Celsius, which is, they're still around. They're a South Florida, uh, Boca Raton based company. Um, amazing company. And I actually ended up going to work for them um, for about four years doing um, spokes modeling things for them, representing them in the NPC and IFBB, as well as working um, full time in their marketing department um, for a few years down here. And then also when I was up in Tampa. So um, it was, you know, I really had the opportunity to, to merge my passions for public speaking, um, being on stage at fitness and wellness and writing all into one, um, job with them, which was really an awesome
0: opportunity. That's amazing. Uh,
1: Yeah. So I, I had, um, I had them and, um, they were very supportive in me, um, getting to the Olympia. And like, you know, I remember like when I actually qualified and like everyone in the office, like they wrote me a nice like card because they knew how hard I had worked for it. And you know, they saw me meal prepping and knew I had worked out the morning prior and was probably going to go work out after my shift at the end of the day. And, um, yeah, it's just with, with that. So like I said, for the girls listening, don't think that just because you aren't a pro, um, that you can't go search sponsorships. It would just be what I always recommend is find a brand that you will, you can align yourself with that. You guys have the same kind of core values and a brand that you genuinely love because the last thing I, I hate seeing. And if, especially if you're trying to build a brand or an audience or a following, and then all of a sudden you know, one day you're with this company and the next day you're with the other one, but they're, you know, the best company and best brand I've ever used in my life. Well, after a while, people who are following, you're going to be like, you're just totally full of it. And uh, you're just trying to sell me something like it's, it's not genuine. So really do that and take the time and never align yourself with a brand that you feel uncomfortable or feel like something that's going to compromise your, um, your image or your morals or anything like that.
0: I definitely agree. You know, so many of us girls, we are always wondering exactly um, how to get sponsors. And I know you mentioned filling out an application. I'm sure you don't go to these companies and like DM them and be like, hey, I'm a pro. Sponsor me. (laughs) Or hey, you know, what's up? (laughs) So (laughs) how do you recommend other people go about uh, trying to get the sponsors? Is there like an uh, application online to fill out? What what do we do?
1: Everyone is gonna be a little bit different, but for the most part, like unless you don't have a contact, like so sometimes it could be just as good as if you have the opportunity to go to it at big expos like Arnold Olympia, just don't even waste your time. Like go and have fun and maybe stop by the booth or you know, something like that. But they're so busy. Your business cards and your this and your that is gonna get lost. But if you're at a smaller show and you kind of get an in with someone or you meet someone, um, that you are constantly seeing, it's just, it's all about making relationships. So you never know, like that person could be like, you know, the Southeast regional sales manager. And if they can put a good word in for you, that might help, you know, move you to the top of the list because bikini has exploded, So there's so many girls that are wanting the same exact thing. So you need to find something that really sets you apart. So obviously knowing someone or building the relationship with someone to, to know them can be beneficial. And of course people who are the decision makers for most companies, if they're, you know, um, big enough and have budgets for, you know, having sponsors and athletes and things like that, they're probably not going to be at these actual shows, but you never know who could be there. Um, and then, yes, going to different websites for the, the brand that you're following, a lot of times they might have something that's like athletes or ambassadors. And for people who are just willing to kind of work their way up the ranks for different companies, if that's OK with you and what you want to do, because it does take time, you can always do something like some type of ambassador work with a brand brand really build the relationship and grow the contacts there, um, from the people that you're working with. It might be the athlete manager, athlete coordinator, and they might be like, Hey, this girl's a freaking rock star. Like she does everything that we ask on time. She really believes in the brand. Like, let's see if we can do X, Y, and Z for her. Maybe we can, you know, pay for entry fees for this. Maybe we can pay for her hotel for that. We can, uh, you know, fly her out here for a photo shoot and, you know, pay her for that. There's just so many different things and there's so many different levels of sponsorships as well. Um, so some people they're fine just doing, you know, um, just it's, you know, for product, product exchange, if that's what you want to do, that's fine for me. I obviously like this is my career and what I want to do. So I like to be able to get paid for the things that I'm doing. Um, so if you feel like you're being used by a brand, or you're just like a salesperson for that brand in essence, um, and just trying to like dish out your product code, and that's not what you want to do, you don't feel like the juice is worth the squeeze, then you know you can always move on and, and try to find something different. Um, but sometimes you just gotta just climb up from the bottom too, and know that you know being on like a salary for a company is not. That's when people are like, oh, I'm sponsored." That's not necessarily what that always means. There's so many different levels and different opportunities there.
0: Also, I wanted to add like making sure that, you know, you, you realize that You have to put in work too. It's a it's a two way effort. A lot of people, like you said, you said you have to work your way from start your way from work your way from the bottom all the way up to the top. A lot of people do feel like, oh, if I'm sponsored, I get paid now. But what they don't realize is you really do have to put in that work and um, grow with that company, and um, eventually, you know, they see that your hard efforts are going to pay off, and then they will eventually, you know, if if the time is right and everything works out pay you a salary, but it definitely takes a lot of work. And I think it's awesome that you have some and you're able to do that because we all want them. You know, I would agree also, Angelus, that you're very wholesome. Um, When I, anytime I've, I should probably bring this back because you're probably one of the most sweetest girls that I have ever met. I remember when I was competing looking up to you, um, as one of my favorite IFBB bikini pros before I was a professional and as I'm a professional now, but I remember, um, having issues with, um, my midsection and I don't know if you remember this, but, um, I couldn't, I couldn't get my waist small enough. I, I didn't have, you know, def, def you know, define abs. And I remember messaging you and I, I, I was like, like complaining i was like what do i do like what's your secret like how do i get my abs show and you were just so sweet and you re- you told me you said oh naima don't worry like it'll be okay you know um i remember you introduced me to these um these little squeamers
1: And you told
0: me I could go to like Marshall's or TJ Maxx to buy them. I went there and I bought six. (laughs) (laughs) I bought six of them. I still have them actually, Um, believe it or not. And I wore them every single night before my show. And I just, oh my goodness. Thinking about that is just amazing. And thinking about you is amazing. So thank you so much for being so sweet. And I want to let everyone know, like, Angelus is one of the most sweetest, wholesome people you will ever meet. She definitely represents the brand. You're always so proper and you just carry yourself with so much dignity and modesty. And I just love you for that. It's just amazing. Thanks, girl. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) And I was curious because, you know, not a lot, not everyone is like that. There are some girls that are very modest and I noticed that you aren't. And I was curious how do people view you on social media? Do you feel like you get less attention because you are more wholesome or do you feel like you get more? Do you feel like it's a negative, a positive? How do you feel about that? Honestly, it
1: could be, it could be a mix. I, I know we live in a society where sex sells type of thing. So it's for me, like I said, it's a little bit of a a fine line. Um, I want to just make sure that I'm, you know, motivating people and inspiring people. And it's not necessarily all just like based on aesthetics and looks. And, um, as I said earlier, it really is for me about wanting to attract a certain type of audience. Um, I don't want to attract people that are going to be basically like perving out over my pictures. That's not really what I want if I wanted to grow my following really quick, yeah, it'd be, you know, booty shots like all day and that would be it. But really like that's not really what I want and that's not my image, but that's for what some people want and that's their image and that works for them and more power to them. That's fine. I've got plenty of girlfriends who do that and that's great. But like, just for me, it's, it's just not really exactly what it is that, um, that I want. And like the other thing is like for the brands that I'm aligned with, um, I think that if I were to change my messaging and go more of like the, just like sexy route and that kind of thing, um, or just even being, you know, even just like with language and things like that for, I, they're, I think kind of going after more of what I'm putting out there and it's probably the reason why they kind of have approached me, um where if it were the other way around, I don't even think I'd be on their radar. Um, And what is so crazy is even when we're like looking to hire people, for example, like when we're at work, we live in a day and age where it's just like, pull up their Instagram, pull up their Facebook. And it's just, it's amazing how many people we can just like, you know, you're kind of like stalking and kind of weeding out just to kind of get, okay, who is this person really? Because they might look really good on paper and they might have all these accolades, but, you know, if they're just like nonstop partying, you know, and all their pictures wearing thongs and all this other kind of stuff and all their pictures kind of like, oh, okay, what are we kind of getting ourselves into here? Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, like I said, could work for me, could work against me, but playing like the middle ground, like, especially when it's like on, it's, it's literally social media, um, is fine. And so then the people who meet me and know me and are really close to me in real life, Like I'm already goofy enough, but they get like the real deal and they kind of know exactly who I am. But for that, it works, works for me.
0: (laughs) Definitely. So what would you say that you do that provides the most value for everyone?
1: I am like the queen of just positivity and motivation. And sometimes I need to take a bit of my own advice because I, I am like... I will be everyone's cheerleader. Like I am just like the queen of like, yes, girl, you got this. You can do this. You know, where like sometimes where it's me, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. This is falling apart. And, blah, blah, blah. and so, like I said, sometimes I need to take my own advice, but I I always just I just like putting out just good and positive and happy and if it's just like a quick, like two, three, just lines of something, um, that someone reads and they're like, wow, or just even reposting and sharing something that I see that just could just be words. Um, that I think is what I get a lot of like messages and things back from people are like, Oh, thanks for that. Thanks for sharing this. So it's not even necessarily so much about like the picture that I posted, but you know, the caption or the comment, um, that comes along with it.
0: Definitely. I, you know, you just have so much passion for people and so much passion for fitness. I love it. Like I love listening to you and it just makes me feel so happy when you talk about it. You just talk about it with ease and I can tell that you just, you love everything that you're doing. So what happened, um, that made you want to take time off from the stage?
1: So I had done, um, right after the, 2015 Olympia took that, you know, season off. Usually shows slow down. Um, and then I did a show in 2016 and, um, didn't come in looking as, as I good as I wanted to. I was not happy with my package and I just kind of felt like I was, even though I had that break there, I was just a little bit burnt out of, of all of it. And having known that I achieved my, my overall goal. Like the goal at that point was kind of the same thing. Like, Hey, let's just get back to the Olympia. It wasn't like, I want to be top five at the Olympia. I want this. No, just like, let's get back. But I was like, eh, I already did it. And I was switching careers. I was moving. Um, I was about to get married. Um, and I'm, I'm no longer in that relationship right now, but I mean, I, that was just a lot of life changes going on. And I said, you know what? the stage is always going to be there. Let me go focus on other things and that I want to do and um, try to take it from there. And let me tell you, it was very hard. Like, I'm like, literally like, what do I do with my hands? I don't even know
0: how to live life not in prep. It was weird. I bet. I mean, I couldn't even imagine it. Like, how did how did everyone else react to that experience like when they saw that you were not going to compete anymore or you weren't posting as much as you were before about prep like how did everyone else respond
1: yeah. on like the question especially in the industry is when you see your girlfriends like hey blah 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 it's like so when are you competing next what show are you doing what so um it was it's almost like You almost get sad and depressed because for me, I spent a large chunk of my adult life at that period, um training to compete for the stage. Which as you ladies know, um, or for those of you who might be listening and like trying to be like, Do I wanna do this? Should I, you know, I wanna like drum up to do this? Like it becomes a huge part of your life because you are having to do meal prep. You are having to do your cardio. You're doing your strength training. You're posing like it is. So it just takes so much out of you. And so, um, having like free time almost, so to say it was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of like sad. What do I do? And, um, for other people, they're like, Oh, you're not going to compete. Like, Oh, okay. Like they were just kind of shocked. But as much as, you know, you think people care and I always will say this. I'm like, you know what we have to, we're the ones who have to go to sleep with ourselves at night. And if you're not competing or, you know, anything in your life that you think people are caring about at the end of the day, they might be like, Oh, like they're not going to compete anymore. Okay, cool. Like, and they're over it. And you're thinking like, Oh my gosh, everyone's going to think I stopped competing. No one cares that much. <laughs> 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 it's going to be okay. <laughs> Oh, that's so reassuring. (laughs) Yeah, no, but it's, they will always, people will always be supportive of you and your new endeavors and and everything. So that was like, for me, like the biggest thing, like, oh my gosh, but no. And getting to stay in the industry for me was um, very important because getting to travel to shows and expos um, really scratched that itch for me. And then it also made me realize when I'd have to think about going back to the hours of cardio and this and that, um, as much as I did like the discipline at the time, um, getting to still be in the industry and see everyone and hang out like that, um, helps me kind of like get by. But I feel like if I wasn't doing any of that at all, then there'd be a chance I'd be like, I want, I want to get back on stage now, (laughs) um, But yeah, no, people, they care, but it's not as bad as we kind of make it out to seem, especially when we've been doing it so long and people, our identity can get very wrapped up in it, you know, because that's what we're posting about. We're constantly posting about what we're eating and we're posing and here's my new suit and blah, blah, blah. And so once it, you know, your identity starts to shift a little bit, I think it's harder on us than it really is for everyone else. So
0: do you feel like um, you were able to find who you really are? because a lot of girls confused um, being a competitor with who they are, but what they don't realize is that they are a human being and competing is something that they do. They're not you know a comp- you know they are a bikini- they are a competitor, but there's so much more to th- themselves than they realize. Do you feel like you were able to find that other side of Angelus um, when you stopped competing? Yeah,
1: but it took a lot of time. Um, it, because it was a little bit of like, okay, you know, what is my, what is my purpose? What am I doing? What am I just, because like I said, a lot of my identity had been, um, wrapped up in it and it had brought on so many opportunities and things like that. But I'll always be learning about myself. Um, I feel like last year was such a, a monumental year for just my life in, in terms of just changes and things. Um, So it's, it's always going to be, you know, something new. And, um, it was just, I kind of, I guess had to look at it more as of just like a stepping stone and just like a pivotal changing point in my life. Um, just as with anything, you know, there's always like these moments in our lives, just like how I can remember that exact, you know, magazine that was a pivotal moment that made me want to start competing and, you know, doing that last show and, and how I felt and like all that. So
0: do you think yeah. that you'll ever return to the stage, Angelus? I right now, let me tell you, I have like tried to start prep like
1: five times.
0: At oh, one, I you know, believe like, you.
1: <laughs> like, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm like, I'm so good right now. Um, but I'm at the point right now where I would like to start a family. Um, so, you know, not like anytime soon. But I know that I'm at the point where before it was like, oh, eventually I'll probably. But now I'm like, all right, I'm like within the next couple of years. So probably something like after that, um, it could be like a good goal just to get back on stage. And I would go in with a completely different mindset. It wouldn't be um, to qualify for anything like that as much as it would be just to probably like, you know, bounce back from having a baby and get back on stage and um, set some kind of goal for myself, um, and something to work towards after that. Definitely.
0: What a lot of times girls are competing. They have a hard time taking time off. So what advice would you give to them?
1: So for that, honestly, you know, staying at very low levels of body fat for a long time is obviously not healthy for women. Um, for me, I always, I never stayed super, super low. Um, I, and I also, even at my leanest, um, wouldn't even be like a top five body now because the, the industry is a lot harder and more conditioned, um, for bikini than it was when I was competing two years ago. Um, but you know, you have to give yourself that break. Um, for me, one of the reasons I stopped, um, competing as well as I started to feel that my relationship with my body and relationship with food was actually not healthy. Mm. And, you know, I'm working in an industry and trying to promote, you know, health and wellness. And, um, what was going on behind the scenes and behind closed doors for me was it was getting to a point where it just, it wasn't good. So that was my, that was my, all right, you need to stop and take a break. Um, and it took a while for my metabolism to kind of like get back into like working order. Um, you know, people throw around like the word, like metabolic damage and stuff like that and have anything like that. I don't think, but, um, it definitely was my body just wasn't really acclimated to just eating more of like normal type foods. Just like if you're going to go out and eat, um, where now I can go out and eat and, I, I don't feel like bloated and I don't feel horrible for the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a while for that too. So remember it, it's like that. So if you ever feel like, you know, that you constantly have to be competing and they won't take a break, sometimes that's not healthy either. You have to make sure that you have everything in balance. Like how, how are your personal relationships? How is your work life going? How like keep, keep, those in check because we can get so warped into wanting to compete nonstop because of the, just like the discipline, the dedication and the, that warrior spirit that I'm not going to give up and I'm going to accomplish my goals. But so staying in tune with yourself too is, is really important. So that was when the point, like, you know, part of the point why reason I had stopped competing as well. Um, during during that time, and then it just like I said, so many different changes in my life, and I was like, this is just not worth it right now for me. Um, And yeah, for for girls too who are um, like, if they're feeling like, oh, should I, they that they want to keep going to they like figure out like why why is it that they feel like they need to keep going, and and if if they're taking a break or they've got like an off season of a couple weeks months off and they're for some girls, you know, they'll just blow up, they put on a lot, a lot of weight. Um, I would urge them to think about what is actually going on because if you're putting on a lot, a lot of weight during that period of time, um, some will say, Oh, it's metabolic damage, but really, for a lot of these girls, they, you know, their after competition treat turns into, you know, a month long binger basically and they can't reel it back in and so for them they get into the mindset of all right I'm going to start prep because then they can get back down into shape or to a healthy body weight but really all they're doing is restricting it's just it's a form of restriction for them so again that is not healthy so think
0: about exactly why it is that you're doing it and make sure it's for the right reasons Wow, that's wonderful advice. Thank you so much, Angelus. So what would you say is the difference between healthy and unhealthy? I know you said that you weren't so un- you weren't as healthy. What was your unhealthiness and how are you healthy now?
1: So I started I just was feeling myself starting to really like obsess over food, um, with my training. It was getting to the point where um if I, you know, couldn't get my training. I was planning my whole day around training and if something was starting to th- get thrown off out of the way, and I'm very easygoing, but I was noticing that it made me very irritable. Um and I just I didn't like the like the person that I was becoming in that sense where it was it bodybuilding is a very self-centered and narcissistic sport. I'll be the first one to say it. Like you see me pass by a mirror and I'm gonna pose and that is completely fine.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I do it all the time. Guilty, guilty. (laughs) But I just
1: feel that, um, like I said, it was, it was just getting to the point where it was not good. It was, it was not, I wasn't living up to the, like all those healthy things, you know, I'm, I was starting to get low blood sugar, um, at some points and I have a healthy, I'm, I'm literally like, you know, get my, my blood panels done for the most part. Everything's great. But when you're, you know, restricting carbs to a certain point, um, and we were eating, I was eating carbs, but I'm being so active. I'm burning through those. Um, you know, so I'm in a deficit cause it takes hard work. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm in bikini and I'm not even like crazy shredded. Think about these people that are like in women's physique and bodybuilding. And I can't imagine, but like you know, when I, I would get so stressed, I wasn't sleeping at night. Um, just because of like, not the, not the mental stress, but the physical stress on my body. Like I'm tired, but I can't, I couldn't sleep. So my, like, eye starts twitching when I don't get enough sleep. And when I'm actually stressed, it's almost like a, um, like a physiological response
0: mm. that I'll get.
1: Like, that's when I know I'm like, okay, like, here we go. Um, and then getting low blood sugar, like feeling like I'm going to uh, pass out and stuff that would only happen like the day, before a show, like it happened two or three times. Um, But I'm like, what am I doing? Like really, this is not good. Um, So from that, from the physiological, and then to like, again, the mental aspect, like getting on the scale could aggravate me. Like it would just, it could make or break my day, my whole entire mood. Actually right now, um, this month I'm in um, the oxygen magazine for their July and August issue. And the article in there talks about how I actually like just ditched the scale. Like I, like at this point I'll get on it every now and then just to kind of see, but there was a point, you know, I was weighing myself every single morning and because, Hey, I, this is a physique sport. I'm trying to get down to a certain weight, this, that, and the other, but it would make or break my mood and my, my energy would just be completely zapped based on if, I went up in weight or if I went down in weight it
0: was
1: it bad oh man like I don't ever want to be there again Mm -hmm. I don't like in in that um mindset that I I ended up getting myself to because that wasn't wasn't a good place
0: no I I completely agree I've had you know, days where I get on the scale and, you know, all day I'm depressed, and then I realize, oh wait, I get on the scale that day. That's probably why I'm in a not so good mood. Um, and you know, I wanted to talk to you about your issue and oxygen. I saw that. Congratulations, that is phenomenal. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I have to go grab a copy now because, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Everyone wants to be in Oxygen Magazine and you were able to do so. And you said you ditched the scale. Like, oh my God, you ditched it? Like, what did you do? You threw it away or is it packed yeah. up, up up somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just
1: I just stopped being so reliant on it okay. because it, like I said, of, of, it was starting to control my life. And I'm like, what is going on with me? if I just eat healthy, exercise my body, I will be fine. Like my body, thankfully I have never been, you know, overweight. Um, so my, everyone's kind of got like a set point. People will talk about that where kind of where your body is comfortable at Mm -hmm. for the most part. Like I've got to be like in a pretty deep calorie deficit or really be overeating. Um, a lot in order for my body to kind of like put weight on like, like kind of like bad weight where I'm like, all right, girl, you really need to rein it in. Um, so I just need to just listen to my body. That's if, if anything I've learned from, um, stopping competing, because remember I was in college. So when you're in college, you know, late nights and this and that, and, uh, eating bad food. So then I went from basically that and partying to full blown contest prep, like meal prep, and doing that. And so like, even on my, in my off seasons, I was still on a, on meal prep. Mm. Um, and now I, I prep all my meals and stuff, but I'm very rarely will I bust out a scale, you know, I'm just eating just good, clean meals, but it's, it's not as regimented, um, as it, as it was before. But so it's so like I was saying, so I went from that to Constantly meal prep, meal prep, meal prep, to then like, okay, how do I even eat? (laughs) Like, what is normal? How many meals do I need to eat? And now it's more, it's very much on the intuitive side. I just listen to my body and what am I craving? Am I hungry now? It's like, okay, just because it's been three hours does not mean that I need to eat another meal if I'm not hungry because I'm not training for a specific physique event. You know, right now I'm just training for, like, I love doing local 5Ks on the weekends, so training for that. I do boot camp about two, three days a week sometimes, um, do that. So I'm just training to get, like, faster, have fun, and move my body as opposed to um, before where it was I was really trying to sculpt and shape my body the stage.
0: I see. So when you threw out that scale, how did, what, how did your life change for you? Like, um, do you think that that really changed the way you felt about yourself, thought about yourself? And do you recommend that some girls who are having troubles, the same troubles that you were having in their off season, or if they stop competing or even while they're competing, do you recommend that they toss the scale and live a healthier lifestyle like you're doing so right now? Yeah. I mean, if you feel like it's getting to the point
1: where it's affecting your moods, then yes, I would go to use a different type of strategy. So whether that be um, measurements with a tape measure, whether that be progress pictures, or if there is a pair of jeans or something that you want to fit into that you currently are not fitting into using some type of um, objective measure like that, um, as opposed to, you know, something like the scale, especially for women with our hormones and water retention and everything else, like our, for me, I know my, my, um, weight can vary, especially like depending on what my hormones are doing and how close I am to like, you know, having like my period, it's just really like, it would get to me that bad. So having like a pair of shorts or just clothes that, you know, that you like, all right, this, this is getting a little snug. Okay. Maybe I need to like back off a little bit or just knowing that I think is a little bit of a better thing to do as opposed to, um, constantly relying on the scale. And then, um, also, you know, taking it off so much of the body, of course, because, you know, this is bikini diary. So a lot of girls are trying to compete But, you know, if it's off season, try to focus on something that's not so um, weight driven and focus on something that could be more on the performance side. So, you know, wanting to do X amount of pull ups or push ups or, you know, I really want to focus on building up my biceps or building up my shoulders and, you know, tracking progress of things like that as opposed to it always being on the scale So making progress in different aspects of fitness.
0: Thank you, Angelus. I need to do that because lately it's been kind of hectic. I'm not going to lie. Some days I'm just like, oh, my goodness. And then other days, and I loved how you talked about, um, you know, it's okay if you don't eat every three hours if your body's not hungry. I I know I struggled with that. I would eat, and then three hours later I'm like, you know, I'm not really hungry even though I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to lose weight. I want to keep the same regimen in my off season and I would just eat again. And then I would feel so full and then I wouldn't drop weight and I wasn't listening to my body. So I just love all this advice that you're giving us. It's so amazing. And I hope that we can each and every single one of us can implement this in our, um, our daily lives to make it a lot easier and healthier Mm -hmm. and, um, Yeah. But I don't want to conclude this episode, but it's (laughs) going to have to conclude. But what I want to conclude with is if you could give any piece of advice to someone who wants to turn pro, what would that be? I would tell them
1: to associate themselves with a good group of people, a good uh, group of mentors, and um, also know that, you know, competing locally, like in your backyard and winning your show and becoming nationally qualified doesn't necessarily mean that you are ready for the national stage, just like I had shared earlier. Um if you want to go out there and try it and see what it's like and see what the caliber of competition is, go ahead, you know, have at it. Um uh, but I would definitely say try to go to these regional shows and make a little bit of a name for yourself where, you know, you go to those shows and people are like, Oh no, she's here. Like you know, and you just bring it every single time. And, um, once you start winning those and, you know, placing top five, winning first, winning overall, then that's when you should know that, okay, you're probably going to be ready and have the caliber to be, um, a top five national level competitor. And then take it from there. But then also know that it's not always as cut and dry as that. There's going to be, you know, you could be rocking it. And you can go one national show to placing top five to the next one placing 16th, last call out. It's There's so many different things that go into it. So if it's something that you definitely want to keep going after, just stick with it. Stay the course and know that. When it is your time, it will be your time that you're there for a certain specific reason. And it's nobody's fault. It's a subjective sport. So the judging panel just might not like what you had to offer that day. They might like blondes and you might be a brunette. They might not like your suit color choice. It's subjective. It's not like the World Cup here where we're watching people, you know, kicking goals and a goal is a goal fair and square. So once you keep that in mind, and stay positive. Don't bash the other women on stage. Don't bash the coaches. Don't bash the judges or the organization. And just be thankful that you're healthy and able-bodied enough to move your body, to be able to compete, to prep food, to have sponsors, to get to where you are. So just stay the course.
0: Yay! Thank you. <laughs> you're so welcome. It's so wonderful, so- angelus We love you already. And there's just so much to learn from you. Um, especially since you've been doing this for so long, I mean, 2011, that is amazing. And you're still kicking butt in the industry already in oxygen magazine and still encouraging and motivating girls everywhere. So if I wanted to learn more about you and I wanted to continue to follow you on your journey, hopefully to a wonderful, beautiful family and a healthy relationship, where can I find you? You can find me on almost every
1: social media platform. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I'm very, very easy to find. Everything is under my name. It's Angeles Burke, um, and I've got Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Snapchat. I'm most active, uh, mostly on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and I have the other ones, so you can always just like follow every now and then I'll, I'll put some stuff up there. Um, but yeah, I try to update those regularly.
0: Thank you. I'm definitely going to make sure I put these in the show notes so everyone can go over and say hello. Thank you so much for spending your time here on Bikini Diaries. Oh, absolutely. And like, again, I said, thank you so much for
1: having me. And I cannot wait to just listen to all the other girls that you have on the show.
0: And keep on rocking, girl. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) If you love this episode... Just as much as I love this episode, and you know someone who may love this episode, just as much as you and I loved this episode, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you could help me help others. So please, if you loved it, it takes 30 seconds to leave me a five-star review and share with all of your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and always remember to never give up on your dreams.